Thank you for joining me today. This is Colin Hamilton, Commodities Analyst at BMO Capital Markets. And welcome to our short Metals Matters podcast where we highlight the key things you need to know in global metals and mining this week. This week on Metal Matters, I'm going to keep it simple. A short, sharp summary of our views across the main commodities under our coverage for the remainder of 2023 and for 2024. I think I'll start with the steel and the steel-making raw materials. And the real story here has been the somewhat surprising rally in iron ore over recent weeks, the highest level seen in four months. Fundamentally, it is very hard to justify the current price, which seems to be trading more on positive Chinese sentiment from property loosening and the likely country garden bailout, and thus containment of property developer contagion risk than anything to do with underlying demand. We are a believer in steel cuts into Q4, the NDRC has told us this time and again, and while that might support pill and lump premiums from current levels, I still expect some near-term reversal in iron ore prices before the usual seasonal uplift kicks in in November and December. Um, And I'd note as well, we do now have the NDRC talking to the futures brokers saying, look, the iron ore price has got too high. That typically marks a bit of a turning point in the Chinese market. It is fair to say, however, that having July and August above expected levels will be very good news for iron ore producer margins and Q3 earnings. Now, we'd expect China steel cuts that we mentioned before, they should lead to lower exports, and thus Asian steel prices should have some upward momentum into year-end. Might flow through into Europe, but we have slightly less conviction that we'll see US prices rally from here. Um, On a relative basis, I'd rather have steel exposure than iron ore exposure over the coming month. Moving to coke and coal, spot price here, pretty robust still on, on strong Indian buying, and this should probably persist through year-end. While iron ore is a China steel story, Met Coal is more of an Asia ex-China steel story. And partly this is because China is now getting so much Met Coal over land from Mongolia and from Russia. The seaborne material simply isn't needed to the same extent. With another rail connection from Mongolia into China, due online by the end of the year, really removes the impetus from Chinese buyers to compete for international spot tons. With that, we see 2024's average coke and coal price as lower than that seen this year. And finally in this section, a quick word on manganese ore, which has seen a very consistent price downtrend over the past six months. Port stocks are high, and it's difficult to make the case for a strong rebound, but we are now seeing announcements of supply cuts, and typically that might mark the nadir in the current price cycle. Thinking about base metals now, and of course we've seen a decent rally over the past couple of weeks. Here I'd highlight that Chinese demand has been good year-to-date, property completions remain robust, even if ex-China weakness means a lack of competition for units in the market. Over the next little while, the differentiating factor for base metals could be supply. We're a little surprised at how negative questions on copper have become in recent times, with a lot of the focus on growth and concentrate availability evidenced by record Chinese imports in August, and there's more of that to come. And certainly, I'd agree there's enough around and feel fundamentally comfortable with copper at current price levels and don't necessarily need to see fundamental driven upside. The lack of inventory, though, that's still an issue, particularly as China's pull on the global market looks to be picking up a little bit with the import arbitrage open. Pre-LME spike, it's certainly possible 
But if I'm looking into 2024, given the ample raw material, a copper price of $8,000 a tonne seems fair. We do have that, of course, rising further out in the forecast period. Now, in terms of aluminium, we've shifted our stance a little bit here over the past month and now see some potential upside through year-end. Partly this is because Yunnan is more or less fully ramped back up and therefore we've got limited sequential gains in Chinese production. And partly it's down to reports of improving demand, particularly from the solar sector in China. I still don't like Chinese smelters making the levels of margin they are currently yielding, but provided demand is supportive, I feel that these could be maintained. Now in zinc, we've seen some notable supply cuts actually over the third quarter to date, reflecting the pain the marginal end of the industry is feeling. Can't make a strong demand case here either, but on balance, we do see an improved price for 2024 on average relative to current levels as ex-China undergoes a bit of demand recovery. And just on the nickel market, remains somewhat of an enigma. The overall balance looks quite frankly miserable, but that surplus is still concentrated in class two non-LME deliverable material at present. A big question is how quickly could we see this shifted to visible inventory? Well, between China and Indonesia, almost 100,000 tonnes per annum of new LME qualified capacity is due to be commissioned by year end. Though getting consistency of quality at nickel operations is a perennial challenge. Uh, We see a fair equilibrium for Class 1 nickel at just below $20,000 a tonne. On the pressure side, gold doing what it does. It continues to remain resilient despite recent dollar strength. And we've now got a broad consensus looking for the Fed to achieve that fabled soft landing. It would seem that relative price strength of late is owing still to an elevated level of uncertainty in the market, with some market commentators still wary that one of the most aggressive rate hiking cycles on record will ultimately push the US into recession. BMO Economics has removed a recession from its base case a number of weeks ago, and alongside softening inflation, this could see safe haven demand for gold diminish and see a little bit of downward pressure on the price into next year. That said, until we get clarity over the macro backdrop, gold can remain as it's been doing, essentially range-bound, just north of $1,900 an ounce. Now, silver is, of course, likely to follow gold a little bit lower into next year, exhibiting its usual torque on the downside in the near term. However, we do expect silver prices to outperform precious metal pairs owing to its increasing industrial demand from next year forward, and partly also due to its role in boosting connectivity and solar power generation. That is a very good thematic to get investors back into silver. Platinum group metal prices continue to disappoint the market and indeed our expectations. And that's despite automotive demand being a relatively bright spot in global markets at present. The World Platinum Investment Council recently revised its platinum deficit to over a million ounces for this year, which would mark the highest in percentage terms of demand on record. We're a little bit more conservative on the demand side for this year. But in our view, this will make the first year of consecutive annual deficits in the platinum market for a while. And that should erode significant above-ground inventories. See prices grind gradually higher over the years to come. Not sudden, but steady. On the palladium side, we still expect prices to rally alongside the seasonal uplift in demand in November onward, prior to China's spring peak in vehicle sales. This strength in demand should coincide with weaker supply with nor-nickel Palladium supply expected to be down over 30% sequentially in the second half of the year versus the first half, just extrapolating from first half production and full year guidance. 
But if the ongoing destock of palladium inventory persists, this could certainly serve to temper any meaningful price upside. And to round things off this week, how about a couple of the energy-related commodities under our coverage, starting with uranium, which is, of course, getting a lot of love at the moment. Prices moving above $60 a pound, and for good reason, with utilities back to purchasing in the spot market and mine supply disappointing. We remain extremely comfortable in the longer-term dynamics, as we discussed in the last Metal Matters, but with potential sales now emerging from financial market players that had decent profit, it should be said, we may have to wait for the next leg higher. And moving to thermal coal, this is a market which has normalised very quickly from the special situation that was 2022. I say normalised, but Chinese imports are anything but normal, currently running at record levels. Given an expected gas glut over the coming months, we do see a little downward pressure on thermal prices. However, the upside risk into your end uh, around our bases could come from India, where the mandated utility import period has recently been extended with record coal burn and low utility stocks. Thank you for listening to Metal Matters. And with LME Week just five weeks away now, the annual BMO LME Research Seminar is drawing closer. I have a couple of excellent guest speakers lined up for this year to supplement our own views. And if you'd like to join the event, please do just let me know. And please join me in a couple of weeks for the next short sojourn into the world of metals and bulk commodity fundamentals. That was Metal Matters, presented by BMO Capital Markets Equity Research. You can subscribe to Metal Matters on Apple Podcasts and other podcast providers, or visit our website at researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com to listen to more episodes, including our other podcast series, BMO Equity Research in Tune. If you have feedback or suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please do share it with me at colin.hamilton.com at bimo.com To access our full disclosures please visit researchglobalzero.bimocapitalmarkets.com forward slash public hyphen disclosure